time it is welcome back i am the dj that make your grandma still wet with the songs i play and ensure old people have sex dj michael b my man and i am your mama's meat on delivery man the clock cleaner the lumber layer mr g you Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. It is the motherfucking season finale in this bitch. Man. Welcome back to the show for those who have been here since day zero. Yeah. We in this thing again. Oh, man. I'm, I'm a hey, lots and lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Um, How was the weekend? I barely remember it. And that's that's always because it thing. was all over the fucking place. <laughs> that's always a good thing. Like outside of the excitement of the weekend, which was literally the NFL football. Oh yeah, that's why I can't remember shit. Cause them fuck ass Cowboys finally got their oh, ass looked like they had it coming anyway. Oh man, you know what? Um, I did pick the Cowboys to win, but I have never been more happy of a loss. So on the count of three, I want you to help me sing this song. Uh oh. All right. One, two, three. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. That is exactly what happened. Um, You know, in the NBA, they said they go fishing. They send them fishing. Well, oh, yeah. in the NFL, we send them hunting because we in hunting season right now. They done, they done sent them man hunting. Yeah, dig. I heard the game was so bad, right, that that boy Dak Prescott threw his helmet and the hell got intercepted. Oh, Aww. And ladies and gentlemen, that is where this show starts. So, I was not going to let this slide when it was posted on Facebook. J-Bev, I got to get you one time for the one time because me and oh, Mike talked about oh, it. Oh, oh, I got to get, get him. So, he get posted him. this picture, oh, right? You know what? Excuse us You know quick. what? Let's, let's, let's pop let, this. Let's pop this top before we really pop this top. Yeah. I know it's been a while since y'all heard it. It's either clank glasses or something, but yeah, we go. So this right here is the new Austin East Siders Gold Imperial Cider. Yeah. It just seemed fitting for the season finale. And if you know anything about this show, you know for a fact that your boy Mr. GQ got this at his local H-E-B because here, everything's better. We need that sponsorship. And not only that, we're going to take it back old school one time. H-E-B Pantry. One time for the one time. My 90s babies know what time it is. Hey. Oh, yeah, this is good. And it's stronger than the original. Yeah, I know. It's 8.5%. Yeah. Oh, man, that hits. All right. So there was this picture that was floating around on Facebook, and all these Cowboys fans are trying to make themselves feel better. <laughs> so time to play the favorite game in the world called bust that motherfucking bubble <laughs> so there was 
<laughs> so this picture was posted, and it was said teams with longer droughts than the Cowboys, right? San yep. Francisco 49ers, 28 years. Miami Dolphins, 49 years. Cleveland Browns, 58 years. Washington Commanders, 31 years. Um, Minnesota Vikings, 53 years. Uh, L.A. Chargers and San Diego Chargers, 59 years. Chicago Bears, 37 years. CJ's punk ass Jets, 54 years. Um, <laughs> Tennessee Titans, uh, 61 years. Well, since the 61, actually, Houston Oilers and Tennessee Titans. Um, Las Vegas and Oakland Raiders. And Los Angeles Raiders, actually, for that matter, 39 years. Uh, Buffalo Bills, Detroit Lions. Um, then you had the Arizona Cardinals at 75 years. And you have this bundle of teams that are called the Never Teams. The Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Houston Texans. Uh, of course. So you know how you always see a picture when it's side-by-side side and it says spot the differences? Yeah. All right, let's talk about the differences. Well, let's talk about it then. First and foremost, just off of this picture alone, the 49ers have been to the Super Bowl since the Cowboys last won a Super Bowl. You, uh, so let's I, start with that. Yeah, yeah. please start with that. So they went with Colin Kaepernick, and they just went, was it three years ago? Mm-hmm. And was one Jimmy G to Debo Samuel connection away from winning. Not only that, they were up, and they could have won the game. Now let's talk about the fact that they have also are in their second consecutive NFC championship. Yep. Oh, okay. So let's talk. I think this is the fourth in six years. Yeah, so needless to say, once again, they have gotten exceedingly further than the Dallas Cowboys have gotten. Let's take a look at the, oh, the Chicago Bears, who've also been to the Super Bowl since the Cowboys won their last one. Lovey Smith at the time was the head coach. I love that you're going, you know what, as, as you're going through, I love that you're going through what you responded to Joseph. Just to let me break it down to all of them. Please 100%. keep going. All right. New York Jets. Consecutive years in the AFC Championship. Even though they, you know, they did lose to, you know, Tom Brady and company. Oh, yeah. But it is what it is. The Vegas, Los Angeles, and Oakland Raiders went to the Super Bowl in 2002. Yes, they got their ass handed to them by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the point is, they've been to a Super Bowl since the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl. Let's talk about this group. Oh, wait, fuck that. Let's talk about the Cardinals. The Cardinals went and was literally a Larry Fitzgerald long touchdown reception play away from winning the Super Bowl until Santonio Holmes said, Toe tap. give me that. So that also happened. Oh, I'm not done. Don't you worry. Inside this group, right, that group that says never, the Atlanta Falcons have been in the Super Bowl since the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers have been to the Super Bowl since the last time the Dallas Cowboys won it. The Cincinnati Bengals were just in the Super Bowl last year. The Jacksonville Jaguars were in the AFC Championship. And the Cincinnati Bengals are in the AFC Championship again. The San Francisco 49ers are in the NFC Championship again. And there's teams on this list that are missing, but the least that have been to the Super Bowl since, which mostly consists of the Indianapolis Colts, the Denver Broncos, the New England Patriots, the Philadelphia Eagles, so, DJ Michael B., would you like to? Chime uh, in? All that to say this, man, okay? Let, let, let me explain something to y'all real quick. Joseph is a guy that's talking about, oh, the drought this, the drought that. Let me tell you, let, let, this, let's, let's, let's be realistic. He's talking about the drought of a Super Bowl championship, right? That's cool and all. 
John L, I know you're a Cowboys fan too. So that's cool. Y'all big, like, big well, look Bears, at these I know teams. You are too. Look at these teams that ain't been to, they haven't won a Super Bowl championship, this and that. But you know what the problem is? They've done more than you guys have since y'all won y'all last championship. I'm just, bruh, let's start. You know, you, you brought up a couple of Super Bowls, and you brought up a couple of other things. So let's 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 go down because here here's the real drought. Ever since the Cowboys lost, what was it, ninety uh they they won the Super Bowl in ninety seven and they got back to, yeah, to the six or seven, because ninety eight is when the Broncos started their run. Right. And then the Cowboys got back. I think that, that was the last time they even been to the the what game? Oh, please tell me. NFC Championship. NFC game. Championship. Here's the real drought. The real drought is the Cowboys ain't been to the NFC Championship since then. I want to take y'all through memory lane real quick because, you know, this is what I do. And Joseph had to learn a harsh lesson because, as I said, that day I looked at my wrist and I had time that day. Let's, let, let, let's, let's go through. Put them on game. Okay. So, teams who have been to the championship week since the, last, since the Cowboys' last NFC Championship appearance. Uh-oh. Here we go. San Francisco, three times. Woo! The Vikings, twice. Chicago Bears, twice. CJ Punk-ass Jets, twice. The Titans, twice. And they got to the Super Bowl that year, the, the first year, too. The oh, Raiders. Was that, was that the one-inch one inch from winning game? Yeah, against the Rams? Man, that was the, yeah. That, that's the greatest show on turf win. The Raiders, twice. The Falcons, once. Jacksonville, twice. The Bengals, once. The Panthers, twice. Actually, it's twice now for the Bengals. Oh, yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah, as of as of uh, Sunday. Yeah. So the Bengals, twice. The Panthers, twice. And the Cardinals, once. I don't want to hear nothing about it's been so long since this team won a Super Bowl. Y'all need to get to the NFC Championship game. You almost named half the league. You named 11 teams out of 32. And, 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 and mind you, when I made that list, that was off the top of my head. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even go do no research. I could have missed somebody in there. I just did it off the top of my head. Well, if we're adding teams, then it will be the Colts. The Colts. The Colts multiple times. The Pittsburgh Steelers multiple times. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers multiple times. Um, the Patriots, obviously. The Packers. The Rams. That's over half the league. That's uh, over. I, they, uh, I didn't even put the Giants. I mean, the Giants. Damn, the Giants twice. Giants twice, and they won the Super Bowl both times. The Eagles. Twice. Twice. Been the Super Bowl twice since the year 2000. Shit, this is the third. This uh, is their third this, year. This, 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 this is their third NFC championship game. Yeah. Because they had the one yeah. when they lost to the Patriots. This is their third NFC championship since the year 2000. Yeah. Um, Shit. I don't want to hear so, none of that. Oh, the New Orleans the Saints. Oh. You know. I just, know, I know. But if we're going to name the no, Panthers, no, I'm, yes, no, I'm, I'm not. The, no, I'm, I'm not knocking them. I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't even think. Yeah. The Saints been there one, two, the Bron- three times. The Broncos. Oh, yeah. The Broncos been there twice. Yeah. Because they the won Seahawks. two Super Bowls. I mean. We done damn near almost named the entire fucking league. Except, I mean, for, the, except for the Browns, the Texans. Texans. That's really it. The Browns, oh, and the Lions. And the Lions. And the Lions. Those are like your longest, like legitimately longest droughts are those three teams. As far as making it to even a championship game. 
<laughs> wow. The Browns, the Texans, and the Lions aren't elite company. Yeah. But you know what? They're an elite trash company. You, you, you know what the Texans had up until this year? They had the same amount of wins in the playoffs since then. So, as the Cowboys. So, um, do they have, do they, or do they have the same or do they have more? Cowboys got more after their win uh, last week. Oh, the Buccaneers win. Yeah. All right. Ah, man. Had to do it. All right, so let's transition because this was interesting. I saw this picture, and you may have seen it, and if you didn't, I'm about to bring it to you. So this quote was, don't sleep on teams that start slow. Talking about NFL teams. It's true. Teams that started 0-2 that made it to the championship game. The 2022 Bengals. Yep. The 2014 Colts. The 2007 New York Giants. Hey! The 2003 Philadelphia Eagles. The 2001 and the 1996 New England Patriots. The 1998 Jets. And the 1993 fuck-ass Cowboys. Why didn't you say the 1998 CJ punk-ass Jets? I was being nice. Okay. Um. In that one instance. Yeah, yeah here's the problem for me when they say start slow. 0-2 is not really a start and slow thing for me. Because... But they also, those teams, I had to dig in, because I didn't like that either until I dug into it. Yeah. It's teams that, you know how Cincinnati looked like they were dead in the water? Yep. There was a point in time in those seasons when all those teams looked like they were dead in the water, and they went on they went on a run. Okay. We know how it happened in 07 with the Giants. So, Beautiful. So I'm just saying, like, so that's, that's I did because it, it was very vague, and I was like, let me just dig into another, oh, all of these teams at one point or another were under 500 to a point where they looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs. There was a point in time where 95% of the known public of the NFL thought that the Cincinnati Bengals were not going to make the playoffs. So here's my question to you on, on, on that note with the, uh, with the Bengals, right? What is the difference from the beginning of the season until now with the Bengals? Because neither one of us ever gave up hope on the Bengals. They, we, we both were saying the Bengals were going to turn around, and they eventually did. I can tell you exactly what it was. The Bengals were the exact opposite of the Minnesota Vikings. Those close games that the Vikings kept winning, the Bengals kept losing. That's the difference. If Minnesota would have lost half of those close games, they wouldn't have been nowhere near the top of the NFC. What was it like? I, I think the, the Vikings won 10 yeah, by one possession. Ten. If they would have lost half, we wouldn't even be having the we would we they, they would we would have just seen the frauds that we knew they were. But already. but but uh, I, like this is, I'm I'm happy this happened with with the uh, the Vikings and the Giants and things like that because a lot of people don't understand the difference between standings and power rankings. No, the Vikings and the Giants. Game is the perfect example of the difference between standings and power rankings because both of us right here sat here and said the Giants are going to win this game. Yep. And the, the confidently at that. Yeah, and and the, the telltale sign was point differential in wins and losses, which is a very very big key to know if a team is going to turn it around the next year or not. So, 
there was the year where the Texans, you know, they had a little pick six thing going with Matt Schaub. Lord, and they, and they, they went two and fourteen. That was a terrible. Time. It was a very terrible time, especially for me. But on the flip side of that, I also knew the next year the Texans could get better because they lost all their games, pretty much by a freaking interception. <laughs> so that's that's the difference between uh, Latin, you know, the teams that turned around from last place to first place every year in the division. There's always at least one team. Or from from zero to making the playoffs, there's yeah. always that one. So, hundred percent. So while we're on this NFL thing, let's uh, let's kind of make it full circle. Let's uh, let's talk about these games that's coming up this weekend, championship weekend. Yeah, we have got a rematch of last year's AFC championship game, and I... we've got an improbable NFC championship game between literally the two best teams in the NFC. And arguably, for the AFC side, the two best teams in the AFC, I do think these are the four best teams in football. I think this is that I have no disagreement with the four best teams in football. Um, If there was any life of the Giants being one of the four best teams in football, the Eagles put that to rest in the first half. 100%. Um, Cincinnati pretty much picked up where they left off against Buffalo whenever the game uh Cincinnati made that look like practice. Oh yeah. But we but we both call that too. Yeah, but the way that they moved the ball so easily against that Bills defense was borderline scary. I have a theory. And people might not like it, but whatever. Uh I said it last I think I said it last week, but Josh Allen is Brett Favre of this era. And I said that, and, and you know, but as I go deeper in now, I'm starting to feel like he's not Brett Favre. I'm starting to feel like he's Phillip Rivers of this era. He's going to put up a bunch of stats. It's going to look good. He has elite pass catchers because no matter what anybody says, you'll agree. Gabe Davis is freaking amazing. He he's he might be the best number two receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's he's like he's a freaking machine for for scoring. Um, he, so, he he's somewhere between Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, and so it's annoying. I took it. I took it a step further, and I said, Josh Allen is Dan Marino. Ooh. And and I'm not and, and I'm not even done yet. Here here's why I said that. I said Dan I said that Josh Allen was Dan Marino. I actually said that um just Justin Herbert was Philip Rivers, even though they played for the same team, which is ironic. Um I actually had Joe Burrow as Peyton Manning. Because if you watch how he plays, right? So here's the thing, because a lot of people are like, Oh, he's very similar to Tom Brady, this that, and the other. No. Actually, Brock Purdy is a lot closer to Tom Brady than Joe than Joe Burrow is. Joe Burrow is a lot closer to Peyton Manning, and we haven't seen a quarterback close to Peyton Manning since Peyton Manning retired. Even Andrew Luck was a different quarterback. Yeah. Here's why I say that. Because Joe Burrow processes information in a way to once he looks at everything pre-snap. The only difference between him and Peyton is Peyton had a million and a half fucking signal calls before he snapped the ball. Joe Burrow will watch a defense do whatever it is they do for a couple of plays, a couple of plays, and a couple of plays. And when he sees what the defense is doing to stop his receivers from catching a ball or getting open, 
he makes the subtle adjustment in the receiver's route for the receiver to be open. Yeah. That is Peyton motherfucking Manning. Not only that, he can throw a receiver open. 100%. And, man, uh... Like, Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn, and he, and I think he is definitely more of your, your um... Really, I guess I kind of got to call him Steve Young. Or do I want to call him Joe Montana? But I think Steve Young more so. He's so, he's somewhere in there, because I was going to be yeah. like, I mean... Because I, I think I'm going to call him Steve Young because of the way he plays with the off-scriptness. Joe Montana only went off-script when he had to. Steve Young was off-script a lot. I, I will say this. if uh, The argument could also be made. Maybe you call him John Elway. I, 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 yeah. I, would, I can also say that if Patrick Mahomes doesn't beat the Bengals on Sunday. Is it Sunday? Is the game Sunday or is it Saturday? Sunday. Yeah, both games on Sunday okay. this week. If he, do, if he doesn't beat the Bengals on Sunday, he's headed down a path similar to Aaron Rodgers. Because at one point, yeah. we thought Aaron Rodgers was the most talented, and people have to understand the difference between talented people and best. People still don't understand that. So, most talented passer of the, the, the football. Uh, the most talented whatever, passer the, however of the football. However the fuck you want to say that. Because before Patrick Mahomes came, everybody considered Aaron Rodgers could throw on the run. He could do this and that. Uh, he would throw 50 yards down the field. It would be accurate. Now we get to the point where Patrick Mahomes throw the ball without looking at his receiver. That's just – it's nonsense. We, we, we've we tried to anoint essentially Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if you look across the landscape of the NFL, who would you say is the top quarterback? Doesn't matter who it is. Who who would you, in your own personal opinion, say the number one quarterback? Yes, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, and I'm and we're in agreement. I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I have no problem whatsoever saying that a guy like Joe Burrow is possibly number two. Oh hell yeah, Joe Burrow is. I think Joe Burrow is definitely number two. I I think if you if you're asking me, all right, you can start a franchise today. Who's your quarterback? I'm taking I'm taking Joe Burrow over Josh Allen in a heartbeat. Because if I give if I give Joe Burrow Dak Prescott's rookie year in Dallas' offensive line with everything else being the exact same, or if I give him the Philadelphia Eagles and offensive Dez, line. And, and Dez was elite at that point. Like, there's no difference. Like, there's truly no difference. The craziest X factor in this entire thing to me is the fact that this is the one of the few times where you've seen a college quarterback and his receiver teammate flourish like they are yeah because you never you never get but you know what um these two have now been together coming up on four years four or five years yes yeah, since, since college so remember what now we're talking Wait, was, about, was uh was justin jefferson on that team too yeah oh my god he was because one of them was injured yeah, one of I think them was, it was Jamar. Yeah. I think it was Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase was injured, and then when when they had the COVID thing, he didn't come back. Yes, yeah. it was Jamar Chase. Yeah, and lo and behold, look at what the fuck happened. Come on, Minnesota, do what's right. Trade, <laughs> trade Justin Jefferson to the Bengals. Do what's right. You can't. Yeah, you would you have can. to give up like six oh, first round picks. Like, oh my god! But if you just imagine the Bengals with those two, but the Bengals don't need any other receivers. They are, they have the best. Nope. They have the best re- receiving core as a collective whole in football. 
That's tough to say. Because you have Jamar Chase and all right, you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins who are both number ones. No, sorry, Tyler Boyd. Sorry, Tyler Boyd. They're both number ones. T. Higgins is a great two. Oh man, I forgot all about Tyler Boyd. I, I did forget about Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd, the Clemson product. Like, how did yeah. you forget about that guy? I, I, it, it, it was. It just wasn't in my head yeah. because. He, and now, yeah. So mind you, I'm talking about receivers. I'm not talking about tight ends. Just receivers. What other team has a better trio of receivers than the Bengals? Buffalo has a one-two combo that's just just as true. Good, but they, a one-two punch. They don't have a third. Their third is right now is still Isaiah McKenzie, but he's still developing. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but as far as a trio goes, nah, nah, ain't nobody got it. They got the because uh, truth be told, it should have been the Bucks. As far as a trio, yeah, be, but. Who was ever going to – no one ever separated because if Julio would have had anywhere near one of his seasons, come on now. I will say last year, going into this year, the Cowboys shouldn't have traded Amari Cooper. They oh, I 100% they, agree they, with they, that. They could, have, they could have had one uh, com- comparable with uh, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and then Michael, Michael Gallup. Gallup. And before anybody on here says like, "Oh well, Michael Gallup didn't have a good year." Yeah, he came off an injury. He'll 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 be he'll be good next year. It would have right. gave him more time to yeah. really heal up as a number three, yeah. drawing coverage from a number three corner. If Michael Gallup is your number three receiver, you're doing pretty damn well. Hundred percent. So. So yeah, you want to pick these games? Uh, no, we haven't talked about the Eagles yet. So, All right, let's talk about the Eagles. Let's so, talk. Let's talk about the Eagles. The Eagles, the most complete team in the entire the, league, d- definitely. Um, and just like I've been saying, the Eagles are the most complete team, and I said the San Francisco 49ers are the most dangerous team, but the Cincinnati Bengals have in- entered the chat. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are the most dangerous team left. I'll give you that. But entering the playoffs, I do agree the 49ers were because the 49ers defense was so elite. Yeah, they can shut down anybody on any given day, but just the Bengals are the most dangerous team left, just because they can explode on offense at any given time. This is like, and they're doing this still with a banged up offensive line, just like last year. This is this this is like Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, one two punch with with uh Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It's getting to the point now where it's unfair because they dominated college and they jumped into the NFL. Now they're starting to dominate the NFL. It's unfair. Yeah. Um, But the Eagles. Jalen Hurts looked good last weekend. Jalen Hurts is not injured. I don't care what nobody got to say. He's not injured. That entire game plan just looked unfair last week. It looked like they was playing playground football. They were playing play. It, 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 and it there didn't was look nothing, like it. They were. There was nothing the Giants could have done. No. Jalen Hurts looked good running the ball. A.J. Brown looked good doing A.J. Brown things. Fucking Boston Scott. Speaking of Boston Scott, let me bring this up. This came up on the air. When I saw it, I was blown away. Boston Scott currently has 16 rushing touchdowns. 11 of his rushing touchdowns have come against the Giants. He has scored a touchdown in every single game as an Eagle that he's played against the Giants. That's freaking insane. I was like, Boston Scott, bro. You know, you, you just get up for certain games. <laughs> Clearly, he gets up for the Giants. Clearly, he gets up for the Giants. I mean, it, it is a division rival. Um, I knew, like I told y'all last week, my confidence level was like at a two 
picking the Giants, but I wasn't going to pick against the team that I love. So, but what I will say about the Eagles, the Eagles look dominant. And out of all the teams that played last weekend, the Eagles really did look like the best team. They still look like the best. When Jalen Hurts came back healthy, they still look like the best team in football. They they look like the best team. Um, now, can San Francisco slow down Jalen Hurts? Of course, I don't expect this game with San Francisco and the Eagles to be a blowout either way. What I do expect, though, is if Jalen Hurts has his hand on the ball in the last two minutes and the game is tied or he has to bring his team back and win, I do expect I, I expect Jalen Hurts to do it. I don't expect the same for Brock Purdy. Here's what I'm predicting. Take this to the bank if you want to. The magic number in the NFC Championship is 17. Points? Points. I think the two defenses alone are going to keep the score lower, and I think 17 is the magic number. I can get with that because the... Uh, this won't surprise me if this is like a 17-14 game. It shouldn't. And I also am going to go... I'm not really going out on a limb with this. I, I'm just going out. This is the end of the undefeated streak of Brock Purdy. I'm yeah, taking, I, th- I I'm, think Philadelphia's going to win this game. I'm taking, I'm taking the Eagles to win this game, a very close game, and go to the Super Bowl. I just, I just, it's hard to, it's hard to see the Eagles falling apart because their momentum is so big. And I love everything that the 49ers have. I really do. I would love to see Kyle Shannon actually go to a Super Bowl and win. I just don't think this year is it. Well, the the magic number for me this week, because you know you brought up 17. The magic number for me is zero. Let me tell you why the magic number is zero on the NFC side. No rookie quarterback has gotten to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl ever in the history of the NFL. And um I just Jalen Hurts, man. I I remember watching Jalen Hurts last year and watching him at the beginning of the season. And I remember saying on the podcast at the beginning of the season, he has had the biggest improvement that I can remember probably in the past twenty years from going because everybody was like all he is is a running quarterback and he worked his ass off and he will pick you apart from the pocket if you let him and if the pocket collapses he will kill you with his feet and that's that's the crazy thing I know uh, San Francisco has this all-time defense they really do that that defense is really stout and this and that but the Eagles led the league in sacks I, I was getting there. Yeah, but the Eagles did lead the league in sacks. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. The Eagles, you know my formula. Top 10 offense, top 5 defense. The Eagles have a top 5 in both, offense and defense. So do the Niners. So, um, yeah, the, Niners, the Niners have the same. Yeah. So but, it's very interesting. It's, like, yeah, I, I know the Niners like, have the same, but. Like, I'm over here confidently picking the Eagles, but it's like if the Niners win, I won't be. Hmm blown away surprise because I've already either. said it's going to be a close game. I'll be surprised if anybody wins this game by more than three points. 
I think the Eagles can win by a touchdown. I do. I, I think the Eagles can win by six points. Um, not 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 a touchdown on a field goal though. I think they can win by six points. Okay. But um, I just the I said it last week with the inexperience and the offense for San Francisco struggled and I'm not saying they didn't they struggled to where like they couldn't couldn't move the ball but there were parts in this game where they couldn't move the ball and they couldn't do anything true and it's like if you had a gap like that against the Cowboys what you well, think going to happen against the Eagles okay now here's okay let me allow me to say it like this this we we are ta- now listen if there's one thing about Dallas I won't bash on is the fact that they actually do have a damn good defense. Of course. Offensively, sure, whatever. Defensively, they're good. Here's where, this is where we talk about things that we talked about at the beginning of the season, right? We talked about those under-the-radar things that would happen that would make a difference at the right time. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, listen very closely to what I'm about to tell you. This is where... The trade that nobody either paid attention to or didn't put a lot of stock into is going to come into play. C.J. Garner-Johnson. The acquisition that the Eagles made from the Saints. That's a big deal. So It was a big deal when it happened. I mean, to us anyway. So I'm going to take it a step further, right? So when the Eagles won their last Super Bowl, right? Do you know what happened? They traded for a safety in the offseason. You know what happened this offseason? They traded for a fucking safety. Yep. And now, mind you, they have a really good secondary. This is why I think the biggest reason why the Eagles are going to win this game is because the Eagles' secondary is athletic enough to give Brock Purdy problems. This is where you are going to see Brock Purdy's struggle game. Yeah, I said it because you've been watching and listening to this podcast. When I tell you about a quarterback struggle game, it's typically been happening. I told you about Gardner Minshew's struggle game, and it was coming. I told you about uh, Cooper Rush's struggle game, and it was happening. I told you about Kirk Cousins' struggle game, and it happened. I'm telling you this is Brock Purdy's struggle game. Just be prepared. I'm going to tell you why your struggle game is absolutely accurate, too. If you look at all the teams left right now in the playoffs, the Eagles are the only team that can play man and be okay. Yeah. They can play man and be okay. This is a problem for San Francisco with Debo and Christian McCaffrey because I say, you know, Debo is obviously a receiver. And but, a running back, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but he does a lot of damage at running back. Christian McCaffrey can also play receiver, but he does most of his damage at running back. Christian That's McCaffrey fine. is also banged up. And I think people yeah. just don't realize it. He, he's a, he has a, a slight calf injury. Of course. Yeah. For a running back, that's a big deal. So, when you look at matchups, the problem that Brock Purdy is going to run into, he's played a lot of teams that run a lot of zone coverage in mm-hmm. secondary. The Eagles don't have to do that. The no. Eagles can play man-to-man. And when you play man-to-man, you have to throw your receivers open. We haven't seen Brock Purdy do that yet. We've seen Brock Purdy throw into holes in coverage. 
Which Definitely seen he, some very, he does some very, he has thrown some very good tight window throws. Yeah, we 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 seen him throwing in the coverage, which is fine. I'm not knocking him throwing in the coverage, which is, it still takes skill of throwing the coverage, because you still got to be able to read the defense throwing the coverage. One hundred percent. But when you get to a point where on defense was like, I'm a okay just playing man to man, cornerback here, cornerback here, safety here, free safety here, and. If I need anything, I'll just run one safety over the top to cover the rest of the field. Yeah, I'm with that. They go over the top. It's a bad. I I think it's a bad matchup for San Francisco. It's a bad matchup for San Francisco because they're because Brock is playing and his inexperience and in having to throw receivers open is going is going to show this week. I'm not saying they still can't win because Debo and Christian McCaffrey are obviously in the backfield. Yeah, I if mean, you need Eli- to. They can, Elijah they, they, Mitchell they can and Brandon Ayuk and, of course, George Kittle. Yeah. Because George Kittle's triple-tip pass catch yeah. over the Cowboys was beautiful. Beautiful. Like, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. Um, But you're going to take away two weapons for Brock Purdy as receivers. So, this is a game, if San Francisco wants to win... George Kittle has to absolutely go bananas on these linebackers. He has to on the linebackers and defensive ends. I feel like Philadelphia has the right linebackers to get physical with George Kittle. I do too. And also I'm trying to figure out what, which corner is going to try and get physical with AJ Brown. Cause I don't see it. It's going to have to be the all pro. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he he made all pro this year. Uh, shit. Um, San Francisco. Here's the one thing about San Francisco's defense. In the backfield, in the secondary, they have an all pro. Linebackers, midfield, they have an all pro. Yep. Linemen on defense, they have an all pro. That's the biggest thing for San Francisco. San Francisco's defense is going to have to find a way to stop Jalen Hurts because they might be able to stop the receivers, but they still got to tackle Jalen Hurts. <laughs> that's and, a, that's, that's the biggest for that matter. Yeah, that, 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 that's the biggest problem. You're going to have to stop. You, you're going to have to tackle Jalen Hurts. And the minute you think you got Jalen Hurts stopped, A.J. Brown just gets open. Or magically, the, AJ Brown gets or, open. Or Devontae Smith is magically wide open in the middle or of the, the field and he's going to yes. burn you. But let's revert over to this AFC game, which has a lot more actual layers and storylines. Because for some odd reason, Joe Burrow owns Patrick Mahomes. 3 0. Interesting. And what? The Bengals beat the Chiefs last year in Arrowhead to go to the Super Bowl. So I don't know if you notice this, but the Bengals are actually a road favorite in the AFC Championship. But I think most of that line goes to the fact that Patrick Mahomes is a little banged up. Yeah. Um, that ankle injury looked a little rough. Um, up from what the reports shown to show today, excuse me, Mahomes was available to practice today, but no one actually like saw him move around or do anything, so nobody knows the extent of what the current recovery on the injury is. A Patrick Mahomes that is not at 100% is a big deal for this game. It is, and the reason why it's a big deal is because he's playing against uh, Joe Burrow. Had it been anybody else, 
other than Joe Burrow and maybe Josh Allen, it's not that big of a deal because. Nah, I think he still beat Josh Allen. I mean, yeah, I think he, I think I still think he could be, but you know, Diggs and Gabe Davis can get, they can get hot. So, yeah, they get. But what I mean by it is just that, um, with, I still think. I would take Patrick Mahomes on one leg than over half the <laughs> than over half the NFL. I, you know what? You ain't even wrong about yeah. that. Yeah. Um. But on the flip side of that, he's playing another guy who should be considered a top five quarterback in the NFL. He he should be considered a top five quarterback. I don't know if most people consider him a top five quarterback, but if you're not considering Joe Burrow a top five quarterback. You're just not watching football because yeah. I love Lamar Jackson. I would still take Joe Burrow over Jim, over Lamar Jackson. I would. Yeah. Um, I love Jalen Hurts. At this point, I still think I take Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts. As much as I love Jalen Hurts, I do. I, I I still think I take um. Joe Burrow is one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. I can get down with that. He he. If if numbers if you, numbers don't lie. If you had to narrow it down, you, you're going with either Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow. At this point, the new generation has arrived, bro. They have yeah. arrived, and and Justin Herbert sprinkled in there somewhere, and off in the distance is a Justin Fields. If he has a, if he can kind of put it all together, he's yeah. in that, he'll jump in that conversation. So the next. Seven to ten years it looks really good for the NFL, as far as quarterbacks go. Once, Especially once the AFC. Once your your Brady and your Rogers finally re- and, and Matthew Stafford, when these guys finally retire and the young crop officially just takes over, the the NFL is in good hands as far as quarterbacks go. What if I told you Justin Herbert was the new Matthew Stafford? What if I told you I didn't disagree with you? Ah, there we go. I have no reason to disagree with you. At least right now, I don't. At least right now, because. He has a lot of offensive stats, but them turnovers, man. Freaking turnovers, the boneheaded plays every now and then, and the fact that you haven't won anything. I mean, it took Matthew Stafford damn near, what, 14 years? Damn near, pretty much his whole career. His whole career to finally win something. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen to Justin Herbert where he finally has to change teams to win something, but... Who am I to say otherwise? So I don't know. only time will tell. So, so let's 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 make picks. Absolutely. Let, let, let's go ahead and step this thing in. So let's start with the NFC. Philadelphia, San Francisco. What you got? Oh, I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, I'm taking the Eagles too. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles by three. Brock Purdy, you've had an amazing run. And hope filling I, in. I think you've done enough to take the job away from Trey Lance. As the 2023 starter for the next season? I think Jimmy G and Brock Purdy should be considered over Trey Lance at this point. Well, so. Jimmy G won't be there. No, yeah, well. No, no. I, I, His contract is up. He has a no tag clause. Uh, Jimmy G is Jimmy G is no mas. Okay. So I'm still I'm still keeping Trey Lance because if something happens and Brock Purdy magically gets some type of an injury, you know you want to have somebody ready to go. I'm not trading Trey Lance because you're also you gave up three first rounders and a third rounder for him. You're not going to get anything more than maybe a second, maybe a third rounder for 
Trey Lance right now. So you got to keep him. Trey Lance is the perfect example of look at all his potential. He's this, he's that, he's this, he's that, and you have no definitive nothing to base it on. He had one really, really, really good game before he got injured, and it was against the Houston Texans. Yep. Not saying much. At all. No. Brock Purdy was drafted at the end of the NFL draft, and he is now in the NFC Championship. That's all. Shout out to Brock Purdy, man. Brock Purdy came now, mind from you, down and just worked his way up. I don't know if anybody saw this. My, my college football folks have. But there's, this, there's some film out there on the NFC Championship game. Iowa State versus Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. It was a fucking game. Both teams scored in the 40s. Both quarterbacks looked amazing. If you ain't seen that film, you should go look at it. This ain't the first time we've seen Jalen Hurts it, it, versus it, it, Brock is, Purdy. Is this Jalen Hurts uh, rookie year when he was at Oklahoma? Uh, he, ain't, wasn't, he wasn't no rookie in Oklahoma. When he moved to Oklahoma, he was already getting. He was already three years in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Alabama. My bad. No, no. Yeah. OU, OU, OU versus Ohio State. Versus, um, damn it. Iowa State. Iowa State. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. You should go watch that film. It's a hell of a game. It was a hell of a game. Like, it's pretty. It, it was pretty dope. All right, we're going over to the AFC Championship game. You have got the Cincinnati Bengals going into what people have been calling Burrowhead Stadium versus Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Who you got in that game? I think this is. I think this is the year where um, Cincinnati loses their first game to the Chiefs. I know they're three and zero against the Chiefs with uh, Joe Burrow right now. Um, I just, I love you. You know how much I love Cincinnati and Jamar Chase and all them. I just. I don't see a situation right now. If Patrick Mahomes is 75%, I don't see a situation where Cincinnati is going to win this game just because, come on, man. At, 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 at some point, the Chiefs got to get over this Cincinnati hump. They're, they're, sure. they're 0-3 versus Cincinnati. Like, I just... I okay. mean, Peyton Manning lost Tom Brady quite a bit in the playoffs okay. before he finally, you know, figured it out. I'm just saying it happens. Okay, I'm lying. I, I, I'm taking Cincinnati. I'm taking. I, you know, I've ro- I've rolled with Cincinnati since last year in Week 12, and I'm still rolling with Cincinnati now. I just Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase is it's almost as special as Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. It, it, it's amazing to watch, and Boyd and Higgins. And Hurst and, 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 and Joe Mixon, Samaj. I, I, I do think that uh, as much as I like uh, Pacheco, I, I do like do, Pacheco a I lot. I love Pacheco, and Pacheco was a late round pick that the yeah. Chiefs somehow stole too. I, as much as I love Pacheco, um, Pacheco might be a tier two running back right now. Oh, he is a tier two running back, but Mixon is just Mixon is 
really, really good. Well, Mixon's playing for a contract, too. Yeah, Mixon is a tier one running back. He's really good. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that after I'm done making this pick. I think, I, I think Cincinnati should win this game. I don't know how Vegas has it. I mean. Vegas has Cincinnati as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I think this is the first time since uh, the Chiefs played against the Patriots in the AFC Championship. This is the first time the Chiefs has been underdogs. Um, and this this thing might go down four zero, bro. It, it it might go down four and zero. I love, I love Joe Burrow, man. I really do. Even though he he played at LSU and things, I love Joe Burrow. It it it's my love for Joe Burrow is crazy. I love Joe Burrow. So with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in NFL history. The team that went to the Super Bowl the year prior and lost is going back to the Super Bowl in this next year. That's not the first time in NFL history. To win it all. Ah, oh, okay. So you're picking Cincinnati to win it all. I am. Okay. I'm also picking Cincinnati, obviously, which means I'm picking Cincinnati to win it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cincinnati, if they end up back in the Super Bowl, they will not be 0-2 in the Super Bowl, even if it's against the Eagles. Shit. I tell you, the, the Bills thought that, too. Well, the Bills are a different story. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm taking Cincinnati. I think uh, again, this is another thing where you got standards and power rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs have obviously a better record, um, standing wise. The Chiefs are over Cincinnati, but power ranking wise, you at this point you might throw Cincinnati over uh, over uh, Kansas City. And my whole thing with uh, I would. My, my whole thing with Kansas City right now is who other than Travis Kelsey is your guy? If we're playing the power rankings game, it's Eagles, Bengals, Niners, Chiefs. Yeah. Of the four remaining teams. So that's yeah. easy to me. That's not like a slight at Kansas City. When you look at totality of these rosters and the way yeah. they're built, yeah, nah, fam. So like, like, I, like I was just saying, like, you got Travis Kelsey. Who yeah. is your who who's your number two? Because Tyreek Hill is gone. I mean, is it is and it, is and, it and last year I mean... and last year you had Tyreek Hill and you lost to Cincinnati. You replaced Tyreek Hill with Juju Smith Schuster. No slight to Juju Smith Schuster. I think Juju Smith Schuster is a phenomenal player. I just don't think he can be your number one receiver and you go far. And Agreed. That's no slight to him. That just speaks of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes still getting to the AFC Championship with Juju Smith-Schuster being his best receiver, other than Travis Kelsey, obviously. So Yeah, no, 100%. I think Cincinnati's going to win this game. I think it'll be Cincinnati versus Philadelphia in the end. Um, And I do believe that Cincinnati is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Hey, ladies I, and gentlemen, gentlemen's talk is rooting for the Bengals. I never wavered off of Cincinnati since last year. So I don't think either of us have. No, no. Even when they, even when they had a bad record, I was like, they're going to get it together. They just got some injuries going on, there, and they got it together. And they got it together just like last year at the right time, and they look freaking amazing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, would I be surprised if they play against the Eagles and the Eagles win? Absolutely not. Would I be surprised if they played against San Francisco and San Francisco wins? Absolutely not, because the Eagles and San Francisco both have 
elite defenses that can stop or slow down, not stop, but slow down what uh what Joe Burrow wants to do with Jamar Chase. But again, you know, Cincinnati's my pick to win it all. Gotcha. All right. We have done quite a bit of NFL talk. There's a lot more we can do. But I want to pivot. I want to get into some NBA stuff. I found this, and I thought this was an extremely interesting topic for you and I to discuss because we love basketball. So this picture came up on one of those many groups that we're in. And this is every single NBA team's last MVP. Oh, yeah, I remember this list. This is a good list. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that don't have an MVP currently. Whether it's because they're a new, more expansion team, they change their name, they change their city, whatever the case might be. So starting with the Atlanta Hawks, Bob Pettit. That's unfortunate because I felt like Dominic Wilkins should have been the MVP. I mean, you and I both. We agree with that, but that's obviously not what the world, what the writers thought. Yeah. Let's let's blame the writers because that's what it is. The Boston Celtics, obviously, was Larry Bird. The Brooklyn Nets, no one. The Charlotte Hornets, no one. Wait, wait, pop. New Jersey never had a doctor. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, but they they were New Jersey first, so Dr. J didn't win the MVP? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm going off of what this thing says right now, but I don't. Okay. Chicago Bulls, Derrick Rose, obviously. Obviously. Cleveland Cavaliers, it's obviously LeBron James. We know that. No. The Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki. The Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. The Houston Rockets, James Harden. Detroit Pistons, no one. I did not know that actually. The Detroit I'm not, Pistons. I'm, I'm actually not surprised because the best player in Detroit history in the Detroit Pistons history might be, not even might be, is Isaiah Thomas. Fair and enough. Isaiah Thomas didn't win the MVP, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. Golden State Warriors, obviously Steph Curry. Indiana Pacers, no one. L.A. Clippers, Bob McAdoo. Wow. L.A. Lakers, Kobe Bryant. Phoenix Suns, Steve Nash, obviously. Miami Heat, LeBron James. Memphis Grizzlies, no one. Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Minnesota Timberwolves, Kevin Garnett. New Orleans Pelicans, no one. New York Knicks, Willis Reed. OKC Thunder, Russell Westbrook. Orlando Magic, no one. 76ers, Allen Iverson. Portland Trailblazers, Bill Walton. Sacramento Kings, Oscar Robinson. Wow. San Antonio Spurs, Tim Duncan. Toronto Raptors, no one. Utah Jazz, Carl Malone. Washington Wizards, Wes Unsell. Okay, so how about this? Name all the teams that don't have an MVP so far. Pelicans, Raptors, Pacers, Grizzlies, Pistons, Hornets, Nets. Who has the highest chance of winning, win, uh, getting their first MVP in, in the next 10 years out of those teams? Grizzlies. John Morant. Right. Surprisingly, I'm going to go with the Pelicans. And I'm going to okay. take Zion. All so same, Zion. same draft class. All Zion needs is one healthy year, and he can win MVP. I feel like I feel like that with John Morant. I'm not knocking. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I think the Raptors will have the one of the hardest paths. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's not impossible. Oh, you matter of fact, no. Let let me retract what I just said. Okay. With with with, with Zion, I think 
in the next three years, Brooklyn has a better chance to have an MVP than you think the Pelicans. You think Kevin Durant has one more MVP season? Ke- Kevin Durant or somewhere? Kyrie Irving could have one more MVP. Could have an MVP okay. season. Um, Kyrie right now should be in the top five standings for MVP. Should after the, be, but after I, the, but most likely he's not. After the, well, after that forty point performance yeah. he put on. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I mean, use Stephen A's words. That man is a savant on the basketball court. Like the Raptors and the Magic, I don't see the Pacers. I don't see the Detroit Pistons are very young, so I don't see anybody yet. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, the Nets, and the Pelicans are probably your next. The Hornets, maybe if all of a sudden Lamelo Ball just plays out of his goddamn mind once he recovers from injury. I don't think the Grizzlies have a chance, and I'm no no disrespect to to Ja, but. They have left the territory of America's underdog to America's villain at this point. They are currently, if if you had, to, I mean, I guess you could look at them kind of like the way that people looked at the, uh, and this is a terrible comparison, so I apologize in advance, but they're kind of like the bad boy Pistons. But yeah, no, no, that's a, that's a perfect but comparison. It's, it's, it's their attitude. It's not yeah. their play because they damn sure ain't matching them phys- physicality. No, wise. no, no. No. But after that whole incident with, with Shannon Sharp, like, bro, you got a grown ass man in Dylan Brooks talking about, you know, talk talking trash to a you know to an OG like that. I'm like, hold on. First of all, this is also how you know Shannon Sharp is from the old school. Oh, he Shannon was ready Sharp to, OG, bro. He was ready to square up with the whole team. Yep. And didn't back down. And he was gonna fight some daddies. Yep. And he ain't moved. He said, Who won it first? That's some old school shit. Cause this new generation wouldn't be about that life. No, and, and they would have been trying to run to the car and go get the gun. Part of my problem right now with the Grizzlies, it's kind of like what Draymond said on his show last year. He was like, they are still ignorant to the fact how hard it is. Because every year they've gotten in the playoffs, which is two or three times now. Yeah. And then, then if you include the play-in, it's probably four. Problem is, they have no earthly idea how hard it is. Just because they're young and talented. But young and talented only gets you so far. Somewhere along the line between three to five years from now, they'll understand. Like, oh, this is not a normal thing when we're this good all the time. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they'll understand then. And when they do, their championship window might have been closed by that point. Ask the Pacers when they had Paul George, Roy Hibbert, and all them boys. Shit. We can even go back to when, when the Pacers had uh Reggie Miller, Ron Artest, Stephen Jackson. Well, at the least, second the, the year after the Malice in the Palace. Well, at least that team went on a deep playoff run. But I mean, look at look at the Clippers. Look at Lob City. Yep. Look at the Houston Rockets. They're probably one of the most more storied teams that got close and close and close, fully talented, but never can get over the hump. Two times in the NBA Western Conference Finals under James Harden and couldn't get over the hump. Uh, lost game seven. Mm-hmm. Missed 27 straight threes. It sucks. I, I'm a Rockets fan, so it definitely sucks. Um, the Grizzlies are still young and ignorant right now, which plays in their favor because they don't feel pressure. But also when you don't feel pressure, you don't feel the magnitude of how big the moment is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to feel the magnitude of that moment because – in your head, you can get back to it at any point, and it's not true. Because eventually, you're not gonna be able to get back to it. Jason Tatum get... said that on uh, 
Jason uh, JJ Reddick's podcast. He was like, okay. he was like, because you know, as a rookie, Jason Tatum got to the conference finals. Was like, oh yeah, we can do this every year, and he learned real quick you can't do it every year. Speaking of Boston, Boston only has probably two more years to run it back between with with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown before you blow it up. Um, that was another thing I was gonna come on here and ask you. Hey, about that, football, but I'm I'm gonna hey, get to that in a little bit. That, that game though, Miami Heat, my man Bam out of bio said good night, Boston. Have a nice night, Boston. You came to you came to South Beach and we had to send you on back to the Bean Town. Yep. Well, I got Bam I got out of bio and Tyler Hero for that matter. I got one for you today. But we 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 gonna we gonna dub this blow it up or not. That's what we gonna dub it today. Okay. Yeah. We're going to dub it that today. Go for it. Oh, we're going to do it right now? Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I'm across both sports. Okay. Okay. So at this point, it's been seven years. Okay. Dak and Zeke, should the Cowboys finally blow it up? Zeke should have been gone. Okay. But if you're saying blow it up as in blow up the entire team, no. At least blow up at, – at least – blow up the entire team is not, you know, because the defense defense that good. But offensive-wise at this point, I think you've gotten to the point where Dak and, with Dak and Zeke where you're not making it to the NFC Championship. You haven't made it. I think you've reached your peak, and I think you've reached your limit. And some one of them got to get traded. It just has to happen. If you want to keep, if you want to keep Dak, which I don't have a problem if you do so. You've got to do something with Zeke, but you've got to swing for the home run, and the home run is to look at this free agency class and make a big move. There's a running back out there who I think changes the game for multiple NFL teams. To include the Cincinnati Bengals. And his name is Josh Jacobs. Okay. I love Joe Mixon. I really do. I think Josh Jacobs is a better runner. I think he's a better running back. I think Saquon is a free agent this year. He too. is, but he's going to come back. He's going to get franchised. Back. Of course. He'll get franchised, and Daniel Jones will come back because his market's not going to be as big as he might think it is. But I would look at something like that. All right. So who's next? So let's stay in... The NFL. And this right here is a team I think that should finally just blow it up because I don't think they're getting any further than where they are right now. The Los Angeles Chargers. Blow it up. <laughs> yeah. I think. And start with the coach. I think you should blow up the Los Angeles Chargers. And, it, and I think you have the right quarterback. I think at this point you should probably – Trade or let Keenan Allen walk and let him go to a contender. I think you have um, the right running back and quarterback in place. Yeah. I do think Keenan Allen should go to a contender now because he's in that similar, and we'll probably talk about him at some point, whether it's yeah. this episode or the next, but same like DeAndre Hopkins. You got a 30 year old receiver that's um, starting to do this. Yeah. That need, that does not needs, fuck that, deserves to play with the contender. And I like the idea of a Keenan Allen going to the right situation. Okay. Yeah, I do too. And I do too. I don't know what the right situation is right now, but yeah. I I actually 
I actually have an idea. Now go ahead. Let me know. If if only if this happens. So there's been a lot of rumblings and speculations of quarterbacks moving around, right? So if this happens and Tom Brady finds his way to this team, I think Keenan Allen's the perfect receiver to bring over with him. Are you talking about the Raiders? I am talking about the I Raiders. I know it. Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen would be the perfect reason for you to be able to keep Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, and you now have a Super Bowl-caliber offense, not to mention there's a Hunter Renfro there. Yes. Because I think you can be, I think you can get Keenan Allen on a better con, on a good contract, which saves up and frees up the cap space to keep Josh Jacobs, or you just tag him. Whatever happens, because you can, you can tag him, and you're already going to have Tom Brady on a smaller contract because he's not going to ask you for a big contract. And Darren Waller just got a big contract. Okay. All right, going on to the next NFL team. Let's go. The L.A. Rams. Don't blow it up. Mm. Trade for Kareem Hunt. Trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Trade Jalen Ramsey. Get some first-round picks back. Mm. Bolster your defense in the trade, in the draft. And possibly with some free agents. And run it back. So, rebuild. It's not really a rebuild. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a reload. Not, not, not rebuild, repurpose. Yes, what re- I'm gonna I'm, and I'm going to say reload. Reload. Yes. reload. reload. Yeah. yeah, reload works. 100%. I could also see a situation where Keenan Allen fits with them, but he's not the – he's not – I would target DeAndre Hopkins first. Well, yeah. But I love Keenan Allen. But I would target D-Hop first. But I have a feeling D-Hop's going to end up in New England, but that's just me. All right. So that's three NFL teams. Yes. You want me to keep going with NFL teams or you want me to switch over? I want over? you to go wherever you feel like you're going. Okay. This is your segment. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So, the Tennessee Titans. It's already blown up. Derrick Henry is almost is, – Derrick Henry is going to start doing this. You already have a banged-up, broken Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis is not ready. You have a rookie receiver. You have a Robert Woods who's – no matter, last want, leg. no matter how you want to look at it, he's really now a number three. They're already essentially rebuilding because there's – what are you building off of? Who are you building the team around? That's what I want to know too. That's so why I asked. Here's how we start this. All right, you got a rookie receiver, right? So if I am the Tennessee Titans, I consider two things. I consider trading for Trey Lance, and I consider trading for Aaron Rodgers. But if you trade for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers needs to restructure that contract so that you can bring in veteran talent. This is where you make the move for one of those receivers that's going to be on the market and one of those running backs that's going to be on the market because Derrick Henry needs a break. I said what I said. He needs a break. He does. He needs a break. Find him a complimentary back. Hell, find you another power back that's not too different from him, and it's okay. Just make sure he can also catch passes. And rebuild from there. I think that defense is not bad. The defense is above average for the Titans. Offensively, they're anemic. And they need explosiveness. Because that division can be had unless you're just going to give the reins to Jacksonville. Okay. And finally, probably uh, one of the hardest ones in the NFL that you're going to have to decide on. At this point, and I mean, I love this coach. So, 
I don't know how much further this coach could take them at this point. After all these years and after all this time, should the Pittsburgh Steelers finally blow it up? No. No. You have three cornerstone pieces to build off of. Unlike the time when Mike Tomlin had A.B., um, Ben Roethlisberger, and Le'Veon Bell, between having Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, there is enough there to build accordingly. If there's one thing we know about the Pittsburgh Steelers, they draft offensive talent very well. better than anybody else in the NFL. Mike Wallace was a star. So, no, this is a reload offseason, 100% reload, because now you need to build around this quarterback. You need to bolster this offensive line to give Najee Harris more holes. There's no reason that Najee Harris, as a rookie, who was one of the best running backs in football, came back as a sophomore and was one of the worst running backs in football. You pull the Trent Richardson. I mean, that and, could have happened. And I, I do not think that Najee <laughs> Harris is on that trajectory. I think Najee Harris is still a top back in football. But you've got to give him lanes to run through. I love Pat Fryermuth. I'm a big fan. I think he's great for that team. I think that this offseason, I don't know what their cap situation is. We'll, we'll talk about that when it comes to the NFL offseason. What their cap situation looks like, but I think it's a reload, not a rebuild or a blow-up situation. It's simply a reload to me. Well, as much as I love your explanation, I think this is a blow-it-up-and-start-over for Pittsburgh. And not saying that Pittsburgh can't reload and be competitive. Pittsburgh is one of those teams like the Giants, like uh, the Cowboys, like the Patriots. Um, you know, those kind of teams where okay. they're just expected to win. I'm not saying get rid of Mike Tomlin. That's what I when you when you asked me the question that that's what kind of what you what you said. So I'm 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 not saying get rid of Mike Tomlin. I think uh but also I'm not saying you shouldn't get rid of Mike Tomlin and you shouldn't get rid of most of this team. I just I am under the impression right now that this team that they have right now, this this setup of players is they're they're competitive. They Agreed. are. They're, they're, they're competitive. And my problem with them is I just don't see how Pittsburgh is going to reload and, and be a Super Bowl contender now, again I'm not right now. Lie, I'm not going to lie to you. If Pittsburgh does not reload, they in trouble. Because the the North, the North is reloading. The the Browns are reloading. And and that's... that's and they look... And they... And, and the... I don't care what anybody says. All right, let me, let me. We were talking about this Sunday at the uh, at the football field. People have forgotten the type of quarterback that Deshaun Watson is. We've we've just for some reason, as a collective community of the NFL fans, have forgotten. Deshaun Watson turned shit into something special. 
Because everybody's a prisoner of the moment because they're so, watching what he did when he came back. You got to – okay, yeah, he came back and he was not what we know him to be. Right. You have to remember the last time this man took a meaningful snap. Top five quarterback in the NFL. Give Deshaun Watson an actual offseason with Stefanski and company actually building a much better – now, granted, he built a damn good rapport with Donovan Peoples-Jones, but he didn't really build that rapport with – Amari Cooper, despite the fact that Amari Cooper's numbers skyrocketed, that's better than they did with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that's not saying. Much. I know, but I had to bring <laughs> I had to bring it up anyway. But the North is there, all right. Lamar Jackson, we'll see what goes on with that situation. But Baltimore is there, Pittsburgh is there. That's part Cincinnati, of my, that, Cincinnati is trying to tell you, hey, we here to stay. Well, that, that, that's part of my reason in saying Pittsburgh should probably blow. Blow up what they have right now because so if you blow it up, what are you what are you doing? You're starting from scratch because as much as I like Najee Harris, um, I like Najee Harris. I haven't seen the flashes where I think Najee Harris is going to be a star running back. Okay. I, I, I don't think Najee Harris is going to be a star running back. Um, you're pretty much back into a quarter uh, a corner at quarterback. Um, we all know Mitchell Trubisky ain't it, but you still have. Uh, but you need uh, a back. You need a you need a comparable backup, and I think he's good for Kenny Pickett as far as a backup goes. He he is. Um. So, but I also don't think Pickett is the answer either at quarterback. Interesting. Okay. Um. I th- I think I think Pickett is right on par with what somebody like Cordell Stewart was. Stewart was. I just don't. I don't think Pickett is the. The guy that'll put you over the top. You think Pickett's a bridge? Yes. Okay. And and that's pretty much my problem with Pittsburgh right now. They have what I believe is a bunch of players that are bridges into going back into contention. You got you got a, a bunch of good pieces that'll fit on teams that are looking to contend. But you don't have the one player or the quarterback where I feel like you build around this person. That's what they're lacking right now. They're just a good team. And okay. I, I feel like this is kind of like the Rockets at the end of the 2000s after Tracy McGrady was gone before they, before they traded for James Harden. They had a bunch of good players. They were very competitive. They were around 41 and 41, 82 games, in, obviously, in the NBA. They, they were around just... They were mediocre. They, they, you know how we talked about the Knicks earlier. They were mid, and that's mid why I think. Shit, yeah, and and that's why I think Pittsburgh is right now, and it's hard to build a team from mid where you don't get top draft picks and you get middle of the line draft picks, but you don't get bad draft picks. You in in, in between, you're going to get a bunch of good players, but you're not going to land that one franchise changing player. And that's what Pittsburgh is right now. And that's why I say blow it up. Okay. You keep Mike Tomlin as your coach. But I think Najee Harris, Pickett, I think they're good players. I'm not going to say they're they're not good players. They're they're good players. But neither one of them, to me, is that franchise pushing for. Like, you won't sit here and tell me Najee Harris is Saquon Barkley. You won't tell me he's Christian McCaffrey. You won't tell me he's Debo Samuel. And it's, this, this is Debo from a running back standpoint at that. Okay. You're not going to tell me he's Josh Jacobs. 
You might not even tell me he's uh, mixing from Cincinnati. That's five right there where it's like, okay, boom, 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 boom. There's the five laid out. So at this point, he's not Derrick Henry. So I just I just named six for you right, right off the rip where it's like he's none of them. And I'm not saying if you're a seven or ten running back that you're bad, but you're not a franchise-changing piece. And that's why I think not. I think Najee Harris can be very, very good if he went somewhere like hell. If he went to Miami, I think he'd do very well in Miami. I'd like to see Najee Harris behind a comparable offensive line before I make. But that's what I'm saying. You saw flashes of greatness from everybody I just said with bad offensive I, lines. And that, no, we saw the same from Najee Harris as a rookie who led the league in touches. But but uh, again, but that that just to, to me that just says, yes, you produce, but you're a high volume producer. You well, have to have a lot of touches to 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 make the impact. And somebody as small as Najee Harris, Najee Harris isn't a big guy. That's where I worry about his health holding up over time, because that's kind of like, yeah, we I, he's not CJ two K, but I mean CJ two K had three very great seasons where you're like. Oh, yeah, this dude is it. But right after that, because the Tennessee Titans didn't have a good line and he took too many hits by his fourth season, you were like, damn, he was on trajectory to be Hall of Fame, and he's he done fell off now because he's he's took he's taking too many hits. He's taking too many bumps, too many bruises. His body's giving out on him. He's not the size of Derrick Henry. Um There ain't that many running backs the size of Derrick Henry. No, but I'm just saying, like he he doesn't have the not even the size of Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel Elliott has size, and you see where he, how his trajectory, but even Ezekiel Elliott had four great seasons before he just started declining. That's, that's my only problem with Najee Harris right now. I think Najee Harris needs to be moved to a team where they utilize him more in the screen game than more of a three-down running back or a two-down running back. Okay. And Pittsburgh is a team historically where you have that kind of running back. Whether it was Le'Veon Bill, whether it was Jerome Bettis, you had that kind James Conner, you had that kind of guy who decides to take three snaps at running back and running down the throats if they need to. And Mike Tomlin coached all three of them. <laughs> you know, so that's that that's my thing. Um I think Pittsburgh should blow it up. Okay. I I, I do think they should blow it up and uh tank for Caleb Williams, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, uh, yeah. I, so, moving on from this, because I know we, we spend a lot of time on Pittsburgh, um, going to the NBA. You're not going to like this question. You're not going to, and I don't care if you don't like it. Miami, should they blow it up finally? No. Chicago. There ain't shit there. I mean, you got three all-stars there. I mean, but if you're asking me if they should blow it up, yes, because I think there's two players who should move to teams that are ready to win now. Chicago's not ready to win now. DeMar DeRozan and... Zach Levine. Zach Levine. They both should move. This is, I think this one's going to be easy for you. Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes. I don't think the pieces truly fit the way they should. <laughs> I never thought the pieces were going to fit. Like, I just, I just don't. The pieces don't fit... I don't think Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert fit together. I don't think they, I don't think from a coaching perspective, 
I don't think they have the right coach in place. I think with the right coach, I think they could, but I don't think they have the right coach right now. I still, I think there's my problem with Minnesota. I think there's a lot of ego on the the that problem. Team. The biggest problem is they do, truly do not have a point guard that runs, orchestrates the team. Ed D'Angelo Russell has to get traded, and he does one hundred percent. I think if you brought in a more veteran point guard. Not like a not Chris Paul because Chris Paul has a tendency of doing no, it but you're talking about more along the lines like a Drew Holiday, yeah, even a Kyle Lowry, like a guy that's been in the league for a, an extended period of time. They need that veteran. That team is too young and they don't have any kind of veteran leadership. They just have a bunch of guys. That's that's my problem with this. Is why I say Minnesota should 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 blow it up. Okay, I think outside of Anthony Edwards, right now. That's the name, right? Anthony Edwards? Yes. Yeah, okay. So outside of Anthony Edwards, I don't think Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert can fit in a starting lineup. I don't. I don't think they can fit in a starting lineup. Um, number one, with Rudy Gobert, you're playing four on five already on offense. Yeah. You, you are, uh, Rudy Gobert, as much as he talked his shit, talking about he locked Shaq down, this and that, Bro, you're not stopping Ben Wallace. I don't. I don't care what you have to say. He's not. He Rudy Gobert is good. He's just not that guy. You you might catch Shaq slipping a few times because he's tired from busting your ass all game. Yeah, but you're not gonna stop him. You're not gonna stop him. Um, like I don't care how strong you might think you are. You don't realize that's a Mack truck versus a Prius. Yeah, that's that's not working. I and, said what I said. And, right? and he he and he's not even he's not even close to the strength of Ben Wallace. No. Um. So. I don't even think he can. I don't even think he was could stop a guy like Rasheed Wallace. No, hell no. Um, and this this is why I think Minnesota should blow it up. I mean, yeah, you gave up all that capital in the off season, obviously to get Rudy Gobert to Minnesota, but I just even even with a point guard, my problem is Carl Anthony Towns is a true center. He really is, even though he's playing power forward right now. Mm-hmm. This is not an Anthony Davis situation where he will catch the ball, jab left, jab right, spin around, up and under, and then score at the basket. That well, is not this. No, because Anthony Davis was a guard before he right. grew nine inches. Right, right, right. But I don't, I don't even think Carl Anthony Towns even possesses the the skill set to be power forward like Kevin Garnett. He's a he's a true center. He's like definitely. He's just a true center that can shoot the three ball. He needs to be in the post if he's not shooting a three ball. He doesn't have a consistent mid-range jumper. He scores most of his points shooting outside off of double teams and he's open. And he scores most of his points in the paint with cuts. That's not or or uh, you know, off a off a low screen and he's getting the ball in the post and going off the backboard, hooking or whatever it is. He's he's like literally a center. And him and Gobert don't fit together because the only way Gobert can impact offense is alley-oops. Oh, you mean like Clint Capella? Yes. But I don't think the Hawks should blow it up just yet. <laughs> no, no, I was just naming yeah. a guy that was similar. So, I think they should blow it up, whether it's getting rid of Gobert or getting rid of D'Angelo Russell, moving Gobert to the bench. Something D- go. I don't, I don't think just moving D'Angelo Russell fixes the situation, but unless they move him and bring in a veteran, that's what I said. Unless he gets a, unless they get a good enough pass for his point guard, it's not going to fix it. 
I do yeah. like the idea of Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry only has a couple of years. Left, well, so. and Miami already said they're not trading him. For now. So, let's get to one team that just has refused to really blow it up in a while. And we're going with the Washington Wizards. You can't see it right now, but I just put my forehead on the microphone. Um, the Washington Wizards just need to not exist. <laughs> because this is a team... Fuck that. This is an organization that had John Wall and Bradley Beal couldn't build around it to make a comparable competitive fucking team. They just need to not exist because now you're telling me that a guy like Kyle Kuzma is untradeable. The fuck out of here. Who the fuck is Kyle Kuzma? He's a role player that won a championship in the bubble with the Lakers. You just traded away a younger talent. In, and he's blossoming in, into a star. I'm not disagreeing with that, but the way that they're making it sound like is that he's a fucking top five in his position type of shit, and that ain't the case. No. But you just traded away a younger talent in Rui Hachimura to the Lakers. Not a bad trade for the Lakers. Actually, a bad trade for the Wizards, but that's neither here nor there. That whole team just needs to not exist. (laughs) Like, they just do. I'm sorry. That is one of the most... That is literally the... Only a, that is now the new version of the New York Knicks. How terribly they're run as far as building that roster. At least the Knicks have a competitive fucking roster. Speaking of the New York Knicks, the should no. they blow it up? No. Why not? Because I think, I, I'm not even, fuck a thing part. I like the young cornerstone pieces that they have in place. I think they need a superstar now. You have R.J. Barrett as an emerging star. Because you and I do not throw this superstar word around. Fuck no. We you you brought in um Jalen Brunson. Yes, who's not a bad player. He's an emerging talent. We're not gonna call him a star. I said talent. I said what I said. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player for what it needs to be done. I think that roster is a superstar away from being a competitive team that makes a deep playoff run. Here's why I think the New York Knicks should blow it up. Talk to me. Who's coming there? And who wants to be there right now? This is not the 1990s where everybody and their mom was like, oh, Madison Square Garden. It's really not. KD said it best. Nobody wants to play in New York like that, even and though the reason, playing in Brooklyn. But. The reason why I think I should blow it, they, they should blow it up, for the next two or three years, I do not see anybody in college from what we see right now in high school that is going to – and the New York Knicks are in a place – like I said just just a while ago with the, the Rockets, they're in a place where they're going to be competitive to make the playoffs, and they won't have a high enough draft pick to pick somebody high enough to be their franchise player. And I love R.J. Barrett. I absolutely love R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett is an emerging star. I think he'll be very good down the line. I don't know if he'll make the Hall of Fame. I don't. I don't see Hall of Fame projection. We, we, in, we ain't in, talking that far ahead. In his future, but I'm just b- basing off his potential. I do think RJ Barrett could be a consistent 17, 18 point per game, kind of like Tobias Harris. You put him on the right team, he'll flourish. Um, Jalen Brunson is another guy where it's they they are very competitive. These are very competitive guys, and they will not allow you to have a high enough draft pick to take a franchise and New York to take a franchise playing changing player and New York 
is one of those franchises right now where you're not going. Damn Melo coming over and damn Stoudemire coming over. That's anomalies. They are from the area, and well, Amari's from Florida, but they wanted to be in New York. Melo is from the area. I don't know why Stoudemire wanted to be in New York. Maybe he just loves New York City. I don't, yeah, I have we're no idea. just going to go with the fact that he probably loves but, New York City. I was, please name in the past 30 years other than Melo or Stoudemire, name me any significant superstar that has signed with New York. They need to blow it up just because they didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell would have been the centerpiece to, to build around, and they didn't trade for him. Fair enough. They let Cleveland outbid him. Yeah, and that's how they ended up with Jalen Brunson. But, yeah, I, I got you. That's the only reason why I say, New, 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 again, just like Pittsburgh, they have a whole bunch of pieces that will do very well in other places for contenders. I understand your reason. Now, you, now you said my... I sent Miami just to see what you want. See, you know, that's your team. So I, I had to. I, I mean, to if you know me, you knew yeah. what my answer was going to be, too. I just, I, I think. Uh, I think we need to make some moves. I do. I do I, believe but so. But blowing it up is definitely not. No, hell no. no. We're fucking number. We're number four in the East. No, y'all yeah, don't need to blow it. But we um, need. But we do need to make some moves. And I. And as much as Pat Riley is saying what he's saying, I do think Kyle, moving Kyle Lowry is one of those moves. I think moving Kyle Lowry, moving Duncan Robinson, moving Dwayne Dedman. I think those are three moves that absolutely must happen. I can make the argument that if given the right trade, moving Victor Oladipo is also in the in the cards. Here's my thing with Miami. Right now, you're in comp- you, you, you're a contender. Yes. Jimmy Butler is in his late thirties. Yes. You haven't gotten anybody to take the place and supersede Jimmy Butler. So, that's the problem with Miami right now. Do I think you should get rid of Jimmy Butler? Absolutely not. Because I still think Miami can make a run with with Jimmy Butler and Bam and Tyler Hero and all them. But they, and I I hate to say they got, they'd have to let go of Tyler Hero, but they have to find somebody to be their next superstar. Bam is a star player. But in in the era we're in right now, you got to have somebody on the outside that can make moves here. So, and and be a superstar. Uh, I don't, I can't even tell you off the top of my head, Dirk might be the last big man that was a centerpiece of a team to win a championship. If I'm, I mean, the argument, some people will argue and say Anthony Davis in the bubble, but. Yeah, but. Him. We know better, but no, no. But I'm just—he played a huge part. Being he did. He did as a big man in the. He in did. The, in, I, and, and right, and and Bam can be definitely Anthony Davis in the bubble, but you still need that guy on the outside because, like I said, Dirk might be the last seven footer to be the best player on the team that won a championship, and before that, Tim Duncan. You know, like Tim Duncan before that. No, and, Giannis. Okay, you could, but Giannis can also play on the outside though. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't say Giannis. Yeah, Giannis is, you know, Gian, yeah, obviously Giannis play can play a lot of four, but Giannis is also a ball handler. He's a distributor. Uh, Bam is like your traditional four. Okay, I'm following you. Yeah, y- Giannis is just a traditional forward. He can play small forward or power, kind of like how Kevin Garnett was when he was younger. And like Jokic. Yeah, but well. 
Jokic sure. does kind of move the ball a little bit. I guess he's he's unique. Yeah, Bam would have been a great player to play in the nineties. Oh, Bam would have been a star. Shit, Bam would have been a dog in the eighties too, though. I think Bam, I think Bam would have been a dog in the two thousands too. When oh Tim, yeah. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and yeah, Bam would have been a dog. Hey, in, yeah, Bam, Bam versus Ben Wallace would have been nasty. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bam would have fit in with the Rashids and and yeah, one hundred percent. Damn, the two thousands had a lot of good power forwards. Boy, didn't they? Yeah. So, um, that's that's why I think Miami's they they have nobody to take the place of Jimmy Butler within the next two or three years. And they're so competitive and so good, they're not going to have a high draft pick. So they have to kind of shop Tyler Hero to see if they can get a star in return. But you also have to be content with keeping Duncan Robinson because I don't know if... Uh, If I can trade Duncan Robinson and keep Tyler Hero, I would love to. Of course, but I don't think that'll happen. Worth a shot. I I put my trust in in Pat Riley the Don. Because he does make some shrewd ass moves. Okay. Next two years. We shall see. There's a lot of shit that can happen in the next two years. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying next two years, Boston doesn't win a ring. I can see us targeting a guy like Jalen Brown. But unless, you know. But let's just say Boston gets to Second round of conference championship in the next two in, in these next two years. I mean, they're currently number one seed in the East, though. What do you think you would do at that point? Because at that point, you feel like you've already reached the ceiling with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You start listening. You start actually taking those calls that you've been ignoring this whole time. What if you wait too long, like Portland with McCullum and Lillard? You can't because of the age. Both of them are under 28. Tatum is not even 25 yet. That's true. Jalen Brown is older than him by a year. I think Jalen Brown is about to be 25, so you really can't. Even if you waited two years, you're talking about a 27-year-old Jalen Brown and a 26-year-old Jason Tatum. No. You're you're fine where you are. Okay. So, any more more teams? No, 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 no. That's it. But what, what I will also say is, one of the key pieces on that team is Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart ain't getting no younger. No. He's not. Neither is Robert Williams or, you know, there's a couple other players on that team that, you know, there's a couple of guys that may not be there after the trade deadline, like Peyton Pritchard, who's been, you know, linked to the Golden State Warriors. So. Do you think Boston made a mistake in trading Terry Rozier? No. I like Terry Rouge. I like Scary Terry. I'm a fan. But no, I don't. Even, always... though, even though, ironically, Terry Rozier is up in trade talks again yep. in being moved. So, but, but no, because given the way that team is built, nah. I mean, at the time, for, for, for me at the time, it made sense. Because, you know, you're thinking, oh, shit, Kyrie Irving, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But... But if you didn't move him at that time, you would have had to move somebody else that probably would have been a bigger benefit now than back then. So hindsight, obviously hindsight being 2020, but no, I don't think moving him was a a regret. I really don't. They had an embarrassment of riches in Boston. They did. Somebody had to go. 
So just imagine for the sake of discussion, let's say they kept Terry Rozier, but you traded away Marcus Smart. You changed the complexion of that entire team last year. So no, I, I don't think it was a bad move to move him. I think Terry Rozier was the probably the safest piece to move, given the way that core was built. That team doesn't go as far without Marcus Smart. I don't think so either because so, they, they don't have the defense. So I, I do genuinely think Terry Rozier was the best option of the available options that you can move that wouldn't come back to bite you in three and four years from then. And Terry Rozier has yet to come back to bite them because he won't. But I do love Terry Rozier as a player. If you want me to, I, I think I love Mr. Terry Rozier. A dog. Like, with the right team, Terry Rozier is exactly what you just said. He is a motherfucking dog. A dog. So, let's get to this point of the show. This is important. This is the season finale of shoutouts. Okay. So, I think it's a big deal that we get these shoutouts rocking and rolling. Um, obviously, we're wrapping up season four, getting ready for an epic season five because we have got some shit coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of major moves, a lot of changes. Shit's going to get great. You know what Wayne said? It's a major move right here with this one. So, I'll just tell you guys, just so y'all aren't lost or confused or anything of that sort. So, there's a good chance that we take ourselves, give or take, about a week off just to get some things sorted out. Because there's some some financial things that we want to sort out. There's just a lot of major planning. Obviously, Super Bowl is coming up. And there's a lot of things that are coming up. We want to make sure we give you all the necessary coverage that we can. And, of course, we want to produce the best possible show we can. So, there's a few other things that we're working on. We are actually set up to do a guest appearance spot on another podcast coming up here very soon. Actually, at the end of the week. Um, we got to check. So, it is happening. Yeah, it's supposed to happen, yeah. supposed to happen Friday. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're going to be off work, though. Oh, shit. Because it's like 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, that's, the only, that's the only thing. That sucks. Yeah, that's the only thing. But, but we are doing a one for one. Okay. So they will actually come on the come on the show as well. So either way, we're we're still gonna. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Um, we'll plan that out as it comes. But to get my shout out going, I guess I'll get us started. Um, to be honest, I I just want to give a shout out to. Everyone that has been involved with Gentleman's Talk since day zero. Everybody from every single person that has given us a rating, a review, a recommendation to a friend. Um, anybody who's given us feedback, anybody that's been live in the studio with us. And especially to my co-host across the table from me. Because we're wrapping up a fourth season. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, uh- <laughs> that's just kind of live. Like. It's weird. We do these season finales, and it's like every time we wrap one up, it's like, damn, we're still doing this shit. We just started. Like, I don't care if it's like, yeah, we only do 10 episodes per season. It just makes sense. Like, if you watch a lot of your streaming services, that's really what it is. 10 episodes, it makes sense. I don't want to have like 20. That was Bel Air. Yeah, I don't want to have 20, 30 episodes in one season. That's just too long. So I love the way our seasons are 10 episodes. It gives us 10 chances to... Shannon Sharp kind of does this. I think Shannon Sharp does 12 episodes and that's something like that. Yeah. But I want to give you 10 solid episodes to bring in enough interest and things of that sort to get you ready for the next season because all we do is go up. 
Yeah. We don't go down. We go up. Season five is going to go down as one of the best seasons of Gentleman's Talk in our short history. Season five is going to be interesting, I especially what I, with you yeah. leaving. And I said what I said. It's going to go down as one of our best seasons, point blank period, because it just is. Because there's a lot of shit that's going to happen because we do better when we don't have the same topics that everybody else fucking has. Yeah. When the NFL season is officially done and all we've got left is NBA, NCAA, golf, golf, tennis, uh, well, tennis, well, the XFL, and the USFL, yep. and then we'll have everything else because we're going to bring back some of the music stuff that we talked about yep. before. We'll have some of our top five lists come back. Like yep. we got a lot of shit coming down. So that is my extended shout out. Well, uh, I would like to say my shout out. Um, going in, you know, in and off season four, y'all hear me say it all the time. I'm, I'm we always going always, always going to give a shout out to the creator of our song, our intro song, Jew Fresh. Um, you're a rapper in the South. You're looking for a producer. That's the guy. His information is on the website. All his social media, everything. Um, like you said, shout out to everybody that's given us a rating, our fans. Um, uh, shout out to shout out to John L. Shout out to Big Homie Josh, Joseph, the whole LXG family, my brother. Uh, man, and of course, shout out to you because this is this is. Most podcasts stop usually about after usually about ten episodes in. I don't I don't cut onto a couple of podcasts and then after how many of episodes I'll be like, oh, they have no more episodes and this recorded a year ago. This is episode forty. Yeah, it's um, actually more for us. But as far as your typical podcasts go, this is our fortieth episode we've yeah. recorded. This does not include any of our bruising cues or any of our special live like any of no. our other specialty things we do. Just Generic recording of a podcast posting on our this is episode forty. Yeah. Um and that that didn't even sound right when I said it. It's crazy. Episode um, forty. Jiggy Sarge Lundo uh man uh Jew Fresh That's uh Man, DJ Primetime. DJ Primetime, man. It, it it has it's been a freaking blast, man. It has been a blast. Speaking of that Check us out this weekend. We will be posting a phenomenal WWE Royal Rumble pre-show style round table. And, of course, rounding off uh, Raw 30 as well. So it's going to be on and popping. We'll post that. We'll be, it'll be on Facebook. And I'm sorry, on Facebook. It'll be on the YouTube channel. And check that out. Um, and like I said, get ready for Season 5, man. We have got some interviews lined up for your ass, like, we are just bringing in more and more, we'll call them notable individuals. Notable to some, they'll be notable to the rest of you once you hear the names and once yeah. you see the content. Because I'm extremely excited about one of them that got locked in because yep. it's a good friend of both of ours. Yep. He's been making major, major moves. I give you a little hint. They went on over to the other side of the globe and been fucking shit up. Then he decided to come on back to the U.S. and was killing the game on the battle rap scene and everything else. So it's a big deal that we get and don't to interview forget, this individual. He hit the Mayweather. You heard me? Hit the Mayweather. Hey. So 
that's just a little hint for those who know because if you're local to the area you know exactly who we're talking about for those who do not know you will find out oh before i forget major shout out to the city of the netherlands for being the most popular city that streams motherfucking gentlemen's talk because it hasn't changed it's amazing we live in the u.s but it takes another country to see what greatness looks like yeah 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 yeah, i said what i said no, I'm not taking a shot at the U.S. of A. It's just we have such a saturated market. So I appreciate the Netherlands for keeping us almost in your top 10. We're going to crack your top 10. We're going to crack your top five. Hopefully here in the U.S. we can do something similar. Hey, man, you know what? Like, subscribe, share. I don't care if you don't listen to another if you don't listen to another Gentleman's Podcast episode. Like, subscribe, share, man. It, it'll help us out a lot. Um, Knowledge is power. Sharing is caring. Help us out, man. Yeah, we, man. It, we, we've. I would I, like to say we put out uh, pretty much consistent, consistently good content here. Uh, I think it's safe to say we've uh, paid our dues. Yeah. Um. H-E-B, man. What's up, man? We done shouted on like a hundred episode, man. Oh, we by the way, to... here everything's better. You know, I'm just saying. We just, just trying to get a little love on that. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, uh, tag the podcast and tag H-E-B and tell them we need a sponsorship. And shout out, and here's another one for you. All of the small businesses, my black-owned businesses, anybody out there that's also trying to, we'll say, make a move in this world. Okay? If you have a live read, an advertisement that you can have typed up and have read, reach out to us. I've been saying it since season one, and no one has taken us up on this offer. I'm going to keep saying it until somebody finally does it. If you can get it to us, we will read it live on the air. Hell and that yeah. means when the episode is posted, we're going to tag you and your business in it. We're just trying to help you help us. Yeah. You know? So if you have a small business and you want to advertise a little bit, we're giving you a shot at some free advertisement because we're not charging you to do a live read and we're not asking for anything in return. Simply just a shout out that goes a long way. Yes, sir. So with that being said, ladies, and hold on. Uh oh. We can't end it like this. Uh oh. We can't we can't end it like this. We we we, we gotta do it. We have to. We have he, to he's he's getting out of his chair, folks. He's getting out of his chair. I have a feeling he's gonna grab a very, very, very special bottle. We we, we can't end it like this. Are we gonna end it on a shoddy shot? We are. We, we, we ending this show on a shoddy shot. We I don't think we've ever ended the show on a shot. No, it's some new shit, but it's okay. Let me finish the rest of this little drink here. It's the season though. So for those who cannot see what's going on, he grabbed a bottle of Maker's Mark. And we're going to end the show. Not the way we started, because he took a shot of Johnny Walker Red. That is close enough. It got red. I, I took a <laughs> shot of tequila. <laughs> and then we've been drinking the Austin East Siders Gold Imperial Cider this whole time. And now we're going to finish the show with a shot of Maker's Mark. Boy, if that ain't the most gentleman's talk type of shit on the planet. I'm trying to tell you. In these fantastic fucking glasses. The globe. The globe. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. The globe. It literally has every single continent on it because uh, it goes with the decanter of my man Atlas over there because he holds the whole world in his hands. You know, um, this has been an exciting end to the season. Um, the bottle from the bottle bet. People, we appreciate the, from... We appreciate y'all for following the bottle bed. Um, we appreciate y'all for following us for fantasy purposes. Uh, yeah, I lost. He lost. 
But you know, you it know. is what it is. We're gonna come at don't Charlotte. worry, I ain't got my bottle yet, but I get it. Yeah, you, oh, you definitely gonna get it. I just can't, I can't find brown sugar anywhere. So, oh, we gonna find it. Yeah, we we definitely gonna find it. Um, by the way, y'all tag Shannon Sharp and tell him he needs to send us a bottle of Laportier. You um, heard me? <laughs> you know, uh, this is season five. Uh, normally we sign out. So, oh, season four, my bad. Uh, season four. I am your boy DJ Micah B, and I am your man Mr. GQ, and we're gonna end this show in the only way we can before we take this fantastic shot and i'm gonna leave you with this hold up god damn it cheers to you yes sir i'm locked in